0: Hi, and welcome to the SalesRx podcast. We provide actionable insights for revenue professionals looking to find the right prescription in their sales process. So let's jump right in. And welcome to the Sales RX podcast. To all my Sales RXers and first-time listeners, I'm your host and your Sales Doctor, Chet Lovegren, and I'm really excited about today's episode because. We're going to kind of take a a career journey talking about breaking into tech and crushing it as a first-time SDR. And for that conversation, I've brought one of my top SDRs at Pavilion, formerly known as Revenue Collective, graduate of Us in Tech's um, sales apprenticeship program, and she is also a content creator and blogger of her own personal brand. Today I have with me Jaleen Dolnay. Jaleen, welcome to the SalesRx podcast. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Chad, thanks so much. Such a great intro and thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to um, dig into really like your story and uh, how you got to where you are. And I know that there's going to be a lot of value for other SDRs that are looking to understand, hey, I just started my job as an SDR, breaking into tech, first time SDR, how do I crush it? How do I be like Jalene, right? And one of the reasons I thought it would be valuable to have her here today, well, actually a couple of reasons, is number one, she's one of our most tenured SDRs and people uh, that works on our growth team at Pavilion. She's been there for almost a year and a half now. Um, in terms of accolades, she was actually SDR the quarter in Q3 of 2021, and in Q4 of 2021, she actually closed out the year as our MVP of the quarter on our growth team. Um, Also to note, um, Jolene has booked the most sales qualified opportunities and also sourced the most closed revenue out of anyone on the sales development team. So she holds a couple different records. Um, There was even a stellar week where she booked nine appointments in one week, which has not been broken yet. So um, she's definitely the top SDR with the accolades that you need to succeed. And I wanted to bring her on today to talk a little bit about her journey uh, what brought her to where she's at, and kind of give some insights on what's led her to crush her goals and perform the way that she's performing. So we want to hear your background. Tell us a little bit about your story, how you got here. Give us the the 30,000-foot view of Jalim.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, it's sort of a long story. You know, it starts back in college when I was actually a biology major. Um, Very different from what I do now, as you can see. Um, But basically, I was a biology major. I was graduating with that degree. And I realized I did not want to do anything like that at all. I didn't see myself working in a doctor's office. And so what I did is I reevaluated all the extracurriculars that I was a part of. So I was a UCSB cheerleader. I was a tour guide. And I realized that communicating with people and, you know, having those conversations and essentially I was already selling in some ways, right? So business was the right way to go. So what I did is I went into a management training program and there I learned business, marketing, sales development. I ended up being a top performer over there. But, you know, about a year into that, um, the pandemic hit and the way that our product worked we were like, you know, it was all throughout the country and with COVID and we didn't have vaccines back then, didn't want to get anyone in my family sick. Cause you know, we had unfortunately lost some family due to COVID. So, and I also felt like I wasn't learning as much in that job anymore. So quit my job in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, reevaluated like how, which industry am I going to work in? What specific role do I want to do? And so on. So Over the course of six months, I was pretty much looking for a job and also diving into passion projects. It's sort of funny because people say that when there is some sort of national event, like when the stock market crashed or when there's a pandemic, that's when individuals really dive into their passion projects. So I started blogging and part of it was because I really wanted to learn about marketing and I wanted to learn about business. So what better way than putting myself out there and then learning SEO, learning how to write effective copy, but then also relaying everything that I've learned back in my experience back to people who are, are, you know, following in my footsteps essentially. So I started blogging and started learning. And also while I was looking for a job, I noticed that to get a job in a pandemic, you had to learn how to optimize your LinkedIn profile because it was just so incredibly hard to be applying for roles and knowing reaching out to you um, just because there's so much competition and ATS is very difficult to bypass. So I optimized my LinkedIn profile and then literally a week later, so many jobs started reaching out to me to go ahead and work for them. So I um, so someone from an organization called us in Technology they helped place individuals from underrepresented groups into entry-level tech sales roles. They reached out to me and then two weeks later I was interviewing with LG, my VP of growth from Pavilion and then Sam and then before I knew it I had the job as an enrollment manager.
0: Yeah. And that enrollment manager, that's um, what we kind of like consider like inbound SDR work, um, responding to individuals interested in joining Pavilion. And then I believe it was back in May, you moved out to a full time outbound SDR role, right, where you're just setting appointments for account executives, sourcing those opportunities, making sure that they're qualified and stuff of that nature.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I was an enrollment manager for that period of time and we were, I was employee number 15 when I started. And so the company mm-hmm. had grown so much that more opportunities were starting. And so we could actually ha- be outbound and have AEs. Um, so yeah, moved into that SDR role and have been in the role for, I've been in the role for about nine or 10 months now.
0: Yeah. And um, for those that aren't aware, you're talking about LinkedIn profile optimization. Can you clarify what you mean when you say ATS?
1: Yeah, so that's the applicant tracking system. So when you are submitting your resume, let's say you apply on LinkedIn for a job and you submit your resume, they most likely use ATS to filter out certain keywords to make sure that you are a good candidate for the job. And it's basically um, showing them the top candidates from the pool that's applied. So you want to hit certain keywords when you're applying. Um, but you know, it varies from job to job and, you know, it can be very time consuming to make a different resume based off of the description for each company you're applying for. So I always say networking is a lot easier than, uh, just applying for jobs. Like your network is your net worth net worth. That's what I learned.
0: Yeah. Um, One thing I know is really challenging for people that are looking to break into tech as well, and maybe have just, because I'm not sure how long you had a LinkedIn before you decided to optimize it. But one thing I know is challenging um, for, you know, people looking to break into tech, first time SDRs and the like, is I create a LinkedIn profile, but I have no connections, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Where would you recommend someone starts? Yeah, definitely
1: reach out to everyone who you went to school with. Reach out to their parents to connect you on LinkedIn with you on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you see that someone is an alumni of your university, even if you don't know them, just send them a quick message. Hey, I'm Jolene. I'm a, also an alumni from this university. Um, would appreciate connecting with you on LinkedIn. Or if they're in the position you'd like to be in, say something along the lines of, I see that you are an account manager at this company, would love to hear a little bit more about your role if you have time. Best Jolene. you know. So yeah. reaching out that way. Um And you'd be surprised who's willing to help you, especially when you're earlier on in your career, people definitely want to give back. And that's something I learned even working at Pavilion and having so many executives as mentors is they're really looking uh, for a way to pay it forward. So you'd be surprised Mm -hmm. who's willing to help you out.
0: Yeah. And even if even if you can't start there, I've noticed like there's a ton of athletes on linkedin now like odell beckham jr is on there i see him posting a lot so just just go find some of your favorite athletes or celebrities they're probably on there ryan reynolds is on there right he's got like three and a half million followers and a bunch of connections so um just even starting there you'd be surprised how many people are actually on linkedin that aren't in a professional setting of that nature like it's not just for tech sales you know it's for everybody um so you, you said you said some interesting things in your backstory so you know, if I'm, if I'm hearing correctly, you kind of, you know, you had this path that you were taking in college, something you thought that, you know, you wanted to do, then that kind of changed, right? Which is going to happen. I mean, between the ages of 18 and 25, you're still kind of figuring out what you want to do. Um, it's normal for everybody. Um, things change. You pursued another path, pandemic hit, some things happened, safety of your family. And in addition, also just your career path, you wanted to make some changes, started kind of documenting that journey with your blog, creating your personal brand figuring out these skills about like hey I got to do this to optimize my LinkedIn profile I got to do this to make my you know make my candidacy stand out pursued these things got connected to the right people then with us in tech um, found that opportunity they were connected to people that then lined you up with like-minded people found you what I feel is a great fit right? Just knowing the culture of pavilion and the more I've known you, I think it's a great fit. And now you're here, you're doing the SDR work and you're kicking butt. So I think that's awesome. Um, that's great to kind of hear that, you know, you, you pursued, um, you know, something that you knew was going to offer you more, not only from a career learning perspective, but just an education perspective. Like you said, Hey, I wasn't learning a lot. There wasn't a lot of R2, but I also wasn't learning a lot where I was at, um, which now you're in a different spot. Um, That brings me to like, you know, what you're currently doing. You're an SDR, right? You're doing outbound SDR work. You're cold calling. You're doing all sorts of cold outreach, email, um, sending video messages, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, all sorts of things. Um, With what you're doing now, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing? And what is a couple, one or two best practices or insights that you kind of took into your day-to-day to help solve for them?
1: Yeah. So I would definitely say like throughout my whole SDR journey, the biggest challenge was developing my business acumen. And I think that's something that maybe a lot of SDRs can relate to and understanding the organizational structure of the companies that you're prospecting into. Because if you don't understand that, you don't really have a big use case and it's harder to communicate with these professionals. So what I did to overcome that was listen to a ton of podcasts and also through one-on-ones with my VP, you know, I was listening to sales hacker. I was listening to Morgan Ingram, like Kyle Coleman was filling up my LinkedIn profile feed. And so I just made it, I was intentionally putting an effort into resources that would benefit me. And, you know, these, these transitions, when starting a new job, they're very uncomfortable and you're very vulnerable. So you sort of have to be okay with being vulnerable and be okay with being, with failing and, putting yourself out there because you're going to face a lot of rejection and you just have to overcome it. So I think that was definitely one of the ch- most challenging sp- uh, parts, um, and building that, building that muscle.
0: In terms of that vulnerability, I think that's important a lot. You know, imposter syndrome is definitely real. Um, mm-hmm even the most experienced people can feel it sometimes, man, am I in the right space? Am, am, am I in the right, am I in the right frame of mind? Am I doing this right? Edward Norton actually has a great conversation on uh, LinkedIn learning about that, about like, even him as a tenured actor, sometimes he'll go to movie sets and he'll do a scene and he'll go back to his trailer and just be like, man, I don't know what the F I'm doing. Like he's like, <laughs> he just, and this is Edward Norton, right? Like he's a phenomenal actor. Um, in terms of that vulnerability, I'm curious if you felt um, any of that fear that you might've felt initially, if in terms of the business acumen, were you more worried about the way that the people at Pavilion might perceive you because of any lack of business acumen, or were you more worried about what prospects might think if like you reached out about something and they're like, Hey, how do you, you're an SDR. How do you not know that I'm not in charge of that? You should know the org structure, which, which kind of scared you a little bit more, the, the people that you work around or the, the people that you were going to be reaching out to.
1: Um, I wouldn't really say either Well, first, because if it feels the people I'm reaching out to, they might never, I might never speak to them again. So it's okay. And the, if it's the people I'm working with, their criticism is to help me get a little bit better. It's constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. So what I was really concerned about was how I, um, I have very, very high standards for myself. And, you know, I want, I like to see myself at the top of the leaderboard. I'm a very competitive person. So it was more of that internal drive and vulnerability of not being able to understand something right away and overcoming those hurdles of being like, you know, I just got to give myself some time. I have to be a little bit patient with myself. So it wasn't really from a place that was external to myself, but more of a overcoming those challenges and um, wanting to see myself succeed on the leaderboard.
0: Yeah. That's great. And you were referring to some of the resources that you were able to locate to help build that business acumen. You were talking about Morgan Ingram and Kyle Coleman was filling up your feed. Were these resources directly related to your involvement with Pavilion or did us in tech have some sort of resources for you once you graduated the program as well? Were you looking things out on LinkedIn, we're using other social media platforms. Tell me about how you started like finding, like what guided you to those resources that you started using and those people that you started following to get insights from? Yeah,
1: no, that's a great question. Um, So. It was mainly from Pavilion, you know, Tech did have like weekly calls and resources and my mentor from there, Dalton, has been so instrumental for my career and he's really helped um, me with, you know, understanding the SDR mindset and understanding how important my intentional inputs are. Um, from the Pavilion side, I know there was even one time LG had Morgan Ingram come in and teach have a session with us just a sales team. It was about five of us at the time about outbound prospecting. So we had those kinds of resources available at Pavilion, which is invaluable. And, you know, Kyle Coleman's coming into, you know, host sales development school with us. So there are similar resources and webinars I can do within the Pavilion community um, that I took advantage of. And also from my manager saying, Hey, these are some people you definitely need to follow.
0: That's great. Now you broke into tech, you're doing well now it's you know you're you're on the you're on the horizon on the outlook right you're looking at you know going up making those next steps what would you say is most challenging about managing your career from here on out now that you've kind of You've, you've gotten in the locker room, you've earned a spot on the team, you've done well, you know, you've been a top performer. What would you say is top of mind for you right now as you're going through that phase of like, what's next for me in my career? How do I continue going up? How do I continue leveling up my career and getting better every day? What is one of the top challenges that you're having now? And. What are you doing to overcome that challenge?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the natural progression um, is either SDR to AE or SDR to CS or marketing or RevOps. I think definitely for me, I want to try out that AE route and I want to learn as much as I can about the sales because I know one day far, further down the line, I do want to be an entrepreneur. So understanding the sales side of a business is very important and the foundation for any business. Um, so right now when I'm doing is trying to get better in everything that I'm currently doing. So um, objection handling, cold emailing, cold calling, because those things never stop. Even when you do become an AE, you should always be responsible for your own pipeline. I also see like, you know, even I always see that there's always room for improvement. So, you know, even asking AEs to sit in on demos with them and see how each of them communicate see what throws what throws them off. Like see what curveballs prospects or face prospects throw at them. So yeah, that's sort of what I've been doing. And that's been my main focus right now.
0: Yeah. And that's that's super important because a lot of people wonder that like if I'm an SDR and I want to be an AE, what the heck do I do next? Like I can't really run discovery. I can't really do pricing and I can't even do like presentations and demos. Right. But even just getting the opportunity to hey, everything's recorded on Gong or if you're doing using GoToMeeting for your demos, like whatever that might be, everything's recorded. Go watch some, you know? You want to be an AE? How bad do you want it? Do you clock out at five or do you go, hey, from five to six, I'm going to go watch a demo or two, you know? Um, historically, you know, as it's not like most SDRs out there probably don't have like a spouse and three kids to take care of. So (laughs) there's a little bit more time after five o'clock, you know, to fill that activity uh, with something, some type of learning, or even sitting with an AE on a demo and things of that nature. Um, It's a question that I get a lot from SDRs in the pavilion community is, hey, I want to be an AE. How do I flex those muscles? Like, how do I start building that strength and building that Endurance to take these things on that I probably don't get the chance to do day in and day out. And it's just so important. I don't think enough people put a focus on this is why it's so important to get that cold outreach down. And it's great to see that there are a slew of resources at your disposal, uh, whether it's pavilion, us in tech, your own professional and dev- personal development that you're seeking out, whether it's through other social media channels or e learning courses or things of that nature. Um, but it's I think that's just so that's so pivotal to like if you want to become an eight. A- how far are you willing to take it? And I love that, like, you're putting as much effort into it as possible. I think that's great. Um,
1: I just want to add one more thing. It's yeah. like, also, you know, a big part of becoming AE is managing up and understanding what your manager expects from you, yeah. both your managers, the AE manager and the SDR, your SDR manager. Yeah. So, like, what are you? What are they telling you in every one-on-one that you haven't fixed? Because if you don't fix it, you're not going to become an AE, right? Because mm-hmm. there has to be that solid recommendation on from one end to another. So managing up is something I would say is sort of underrated that all SEIs need to keep in mind if they'd like to be an AE.
0: And can you kind of clarify for people that might not be fully aware of what the terminology or the idea of managing up is? Can you kind of clarify that for our listeners?
1: Yeah, managing up. So keeping your manager up to date on what you're doing, being proactive about, you know, the meetings that you're setting or like the tasks they might give you, asking for feedback. Um, you know, if you write a new sequence, asking for feedback on that as well. So I, I would really say it's like keeping your manager on the loop about what's going on and taking initiative in certain areas of the business. If you, Also, if you see that they might need help with something or if there's, you know, a gap in, in the business and something that you can solve, you know, putting yourself out there a little bit more.
0: I tell, I tell people a lot that when they interview and they're like, what's something that'll make me really successful as an SDR. And I always say like, and just like in hospitality, they tell you to anticipate your guests needs. Do Mm -hmm. they need more water right now? Should I get them another soda? Will they need another drink? Is the food coming out on time? Anticipate your manager's needs and what they're going to ask for you you know, ask of you because there tends to be this thing about micromanagement and this and that. Well, if your manager is asking you for a lot of stuff that falls within your core duties, that means you're not sending it on time unless it's things out of your core duties where they're just like, you know, on top of you about everything. But if it's like, Hey, why are, why isn't the one-on-one document filled out? You know, it's, we're, it's, it's, it's not like I'm asking for it to be done a week in advance. We're literally walking into a meeting and it's blank. Like these, these are core things, you know, anticipating those needs. Hey, I just know that Chet's going to ask me for how many opportunities I have forecasted this month. Here are my opportunities, you know? Um, hey, I just know Chet's going to ask me for this. Here it is. Um, he's done it every week, like clockwork at this time. So I'm just going to get it over to him when I have the spare time. Um, is really important. So thank you for clarifying that for everyone. Um, so what advice would you say to anyone that is listening right now in maybe in a similar spot to where you were when you were pursuing something in college that you decided you didn't want to pursue anymore, or you were you know, in that position where you were in that in that program, but then the pandemic hit and you decided for the safety of your family and for the betterment of your own career with learning and opportunity to go try something else, Right, There are a lot of people probably in the same shoes as you were once upon a time, or even the shoes you're in now, where you're this top performing SDR and you're on this path to become an AE. What advice would you give to them um, as they're also going through the same walk in life and the same challenges?
1: Yeah. I always say, trust your intuition. Your gut is a lot stronger than you think. And that's what I did pretty much through every stage of my career. And if you feel like your internal guidance system is guiding you in a certain way, trust that and, and, you know, see what happens. Cause most, you can't really make the wrong choice, you know, cause life is going to unfold how it unfolds. Um, so that's what I would say first, you know, trust your intuition. Also from the sales perspective, sales is just talking to people and listening to people. And a big part of what I feel like has made me successful is chatting with people like they're actual humans and not just prospects. So having those real conversations, making jokes like before before my um, before the, the the prospect gets into the meet discovery meeting with our AE, sometimes I have ten minute calls where they get to chat with me and you know get a feel for our person for my personality. And I feel like when they know you they are more likely to show up to your meeting and they're more likely to know their products because people want to buy from people that they like, you yep. know, that's something that I learned that I, I stand by. <laughs> um, and yeah, so also I would say having an abundance mindset has also really helped me out. And that's something that I would have definitely, you know, told my younger self, um, with which by saying like, you know, there are a lot of opportunities out there. There are a lot of companies out there to keep prospecting. Um, And it's like, you can never really be desperate for one account because one account might fall through and you know, what are you going to have? So you're there, you can always make five more calls. (laughs) You can always add maybe five more people into sequence. And if you're running low for the month, you you can just add more people. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mentor Dalton told me an amazing story about, um, you know, like, how he was able to manage his inputs and basically close like $3.5 million of revenue within a week and um, prevent his company from having a layoff, maybe like 30 people. So yeah, managing your inputs, having an abundance mindset, speaking to people like they're actual people and also being able to try new things and embrace failure and vulnerability.
0: And I I love the treating people like they're people, not prospects. If you chase the appointment, they're gonna hear it. Yeah. If you chase the interest, that's, what's going to attract them. Um, don't, don't chase them down like they're an appointment or a quota (laughs) chase them down. Like, Hey, you don't understand what this can do for your business. And more importantly, your paycheck, you know, um, this could keep you employed, if not get you a raise because of what it does. And this is what it does. And you know, are you interested in seeing more in action? Uh, I also, a little birdie told me once upon a time that when you were doing tours in college, you had the highest conversion rate. Um, I see you laughing, so you probably know um, who that is, but uh, that is yeah. one thing about, uh, uh that's Jolene's little secret. She had the highest conversion rate on all of her tours. More people decided to go to her college um, off of her tours than anybody else.
1: Wait, no, it was, it was a little different. I wish I could track that stat and see if that was actually the case, but I did make the Gaucho Tour Guide Hall of Fame by giving, I gave over a hundred tours during my time there. And I gave tours to oh. people all around the world, all around the world, it was one of the best jobs. And, you know, just giving people a tour of a college on the beach, like who wouldn't want to go there?
0: (laughs) I'm sold. Sign me up.
1: (laughs) I'll go back too.
0: Well, this has been, uh, I know we're running up on time here, but this has been really, really helpful um, to listeners and even just, you know, helpful to me as well. I love hearing these kinds of success stories. Um, I'll add knowing you personally and working alongside you, I will say that also another piece of advice I would give to the SDR people out there or people looking to break into the SDR role in addition to having abundance mindset and leading with your, you know, trusting your intuition, leading with your gut is uh, have courage. You know, I don't think you've ever been someone to shy away from trying like, Video prospecting, I don't know what I'm doing, but here's my video, let me know how it worked. You know, like that was the first time we did that and you knocked it out of the park. You're the first person to get a meeting out of that when we implemented that strategy um, mid uh, mid Q3. Um, you know, objection handling things, even some of the corny email ri- lines that we'll write together sometimes. I'm like, hey, write this in response. And you're like, okay, whatever. And you said it, you're like, what's the worst that could happen if they get mad at me, he told me to do it. <laughs> but, but it's that. No, it's yeah, exactly. It's that it's that courage, though, and I think that's so important. Um, uh, which which is a hard it's a hard uh, you know it's a hard muscle to to build. Um, I still have times where I'm not courageous. So I'll admit there there are times where I'm fearful about things. Um, but just taking a constant effort to act with as much courage as possible, I think and you're braving a brand new world. You know, it's it's tech, SaaS, talking to VPs of sales, heads of sales enablement, CROs. Um, you know, very, very daunting people to talk to. Even for me, sometimes I get in a room with a CRO and I'm like, oh, 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 what do I do? What do I do? Um, <laughs> but it's, it's very impressive, your track record and what you're doing. And I think this is all really good information uh, for the listeners here. So really um, cool.
1: go ahead. I do want to add in there, like I totally understand getting to getting nervous and getting into meetings. But one mm-hmm. thing I started telling myself is like, I'm really happy to be sitting in a meeting with them, but like they should always still be happy to be sitting in a meeting with me, you know, awesome. two people talking with each other. And I think having that mindset sort of levels, like maybe calms the nerves a little bit, you know, cause they get mm-hmm. to, you get to share all this wonderful information that could potentially change their business.
0: Yeah. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. So um, Jalene, You got a lot going on. Tell people, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? If someone's like Jolene, I need to have a conversation with you because you just blew me away. How do we find you? How do Mm -hmm. we, how do we check out your, your blog, plug your, plug your stuff here. Let us know.
1: Yes. So you can follow, you can follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'll post most of the sales content. Also the blog for weekly posts around um, sales, and career and personal growth and post-grad life and what it's like navigating that journey. So I would say those are the main two places and you can sometimes find other socials there.
0: Perfect. Um, in addition, if you are interested in more uh, sales resources and community resources, you can check out the Sales RX podcast and all of our other episodes on Spotify, Um, You can check me out on TikTok at thesales.rx, and there's also links in all my bios where you can click to sign up for the waitlist for our SDR to AE program, where we're gonna help um, SDRs become first-time AEs within 12 months with our resources, webinars, Q&As and AMAs, as well as a premium podcast that will only be available to members of the program. that's all we have for today, Jolene. It's been wonderful having you on the podcast. I'm really glad to see, um, you know, the culmination of your efforts month over month and also the career goals that you've set ahead for yourself. And I have no doubt that you're going to achieve them. And we'll be excited to do a recap when you get that a promotion. Yes, yes, we'd be
1: happy to
0: do so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sounds good. Thank you for your time. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to everybody later.